yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. This is the Overcomers Podcast, and on the Overcomers Podcast, we're always talking about overcoming the obstacles in life, uh, getting the inspiration, and today, I have a very motivational person for you. She is the women's world champion for the women's pro division in the DECA mile. That's right, DECA. That is that Spartan event that we've been doing at all the different journey franchises. It's been sweeping the nation. You've heard from Joe Descent on here. You've heard from Yancey Culp. You've heard from Ryan Kent. And today you get to hear from Megan Jacoby. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Super excited about this. You know, it's uh, everybody has a story about basically, you know, how this passion was born in them, uh, the different events that they've done throughout their life. And, and I'm sure that you're no different, you know, so, um, you know, how, what have you, what were you engaging in prior, give us a little bit of your history prior to engaging in DECA and becoming the world champ that you are. Oh, okay. So I've been a runner my whole life. Um, ran in high school. I ran division one cross country and track in college. Um, got really into road racing in my mid to late 20s. I had um, a daughter in my early 20s. Um, as she got a little older, I could kind of start really refocusing um, on, you know, my passion, which has always been working out and athletics. So in my late 20s, I really started seeing some um, success in the road running community. Um, and started getting into like longer distance races. So like half marathons and, um, and oddly enough was running the best times of my life. And I don't think that earlier in my twenties, I thought that was possible. So that was really cool. And then that kind of is what started to kind of lead me into this direction with hybrid. I've always been, um, really big into strength training as well. And, um, you know, I've personal trained for a long time and I do crazy workouts with my friends. Um, and then this past year is when I really started learning about this like hybrid racing scene. And it just felt like um, the perfect fit for two of my biggest passions. So that's right. been really cool. And it's like still so new to me that um, like I the world championships for Deco was only my second Deca ever. Um, Only the second deck yeah. ever, and you went and so, won the world championships. Wow, that's amazing. So I snuck in. So I briefly, I know we, I was talking about Hyrox. I had learned about Hyrox, um, long, just a longer hybrid event. And then I did my first one in September. In that process is when training for that is when I started hearing about DECA as well. And I kind of realized that a lot of the big elite athletes in DECA were also doing high rocks. So I scrounged up a race like a week before the cutoff. I think it was the last weekend you could get a time in for the world championships. I, I drove six hours to Pittsburgh okay. um, I could, because I coached cross country. So I had like a meet on Saturday. They did the DECA mile on Sunday. 
I couldn't get to the strong because they did the strong Saturday. Um, so I like drove all the way down after a meet. I did one deck a mile. I think I came in with like maybe the third best time into the world championships. And then, um, and then, yeah, I was, I was able to pull out the win there. So, um, it was really cool and it's, it's been such a cool experience. Um, wow. and just, yeah. I have a couple of questions for you. Like, first okay. of all, for our listeners, if you don't mind sharing, how old are you now? Cause you're a mom and you're talking about your twenties, yeah. you know, go ahead. So I'm 31, 31. and my daughter actually is turning eight on Tuesday. Awesome. Well, happy birthday to her. Thank uh, you. 31-year-old world champ. Okay. So like, that's good to know, you know, for the listeners, you know, in your, in your 30s and a world champion, that's fantastic. And also for our listeners, because um, they may be familiar with DECA, and if not, guys, you got to watch the previous episode where Yancey talks about the creation. Um, how about High Rocks? Could you give us a brief overview of what High Rocks is so they can understand that? Yeah. So High Rocks in DECA sort of similar in style obviously the strong has no running um and then the mile has a mile of running and the fit is about a 5k high rocks is about an 8k of running and there's eight stations and then the stations um are just a little bit longer than they are in deca so it's like a thousand meter row thousand meter ski um a hundred wall balls a hundred meter sandbag lunges for us it's 50 pounds uh, 200 meter farmer carry with 52 pounds, um, 80 meters of burpee broad jumps, which are everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> um, major sarcasm there. Um, yeah, right. Of course. I, th I think I got all of them, but yeah, so very, uh, so similar. And, um, Ryan Penn is, I believe was the North American champion last year in High Rocks. Um, I think he placed second in the world championships in High Rocks. So you see a lot of Tara Jackson does it, Alondra Greenlee. You see uh, um, Lauren Weeks is a phenomenal High Rocks athlete as well. So you see a lot of these elite DECA athletes um, also um, are the elite, seem to be the elite athletes in High Rocks as well. So Okay, that's good to know yeah. because you know, it would seem like for our listeners, those that are interested in learning from you about different strategies, tips, tricks, uh, you know, even mindset about you yeah. know becoming a, a DECA high performer or champion, um, you know, high rocks might be a, a good way to kind of cross train or, or prepare, you know, like if you're doing high rocks workouts that are a little bit longer, when you get into the DECA, yeah. that might be a little bit shorter. Um, you know, certainly you might have some in the tank for that because you've already yeah. built up a tank that can support these longer rows or these longer, uh, you know, runs or whatnot, you know? So, yeah. okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. When we just did, I obviously came down to Journey Fitness in um, Horseheads, mm -hmm. which is an hour from where I live. So I'm so happy because I can go like every direction and get to a Journey Fitness now and, and get <laughs> some of it. But um, yeah. I was able, we hopped in a strong, it was a week after I just did um, a big high rest race in Europe, actually. So I didn't quite know like how it would go for me because um, I haven't done really any of the DECA specific stuff like the box step overs or the med ball setups or the RAM burpees or anything like that. So, um, but I ended up having a much better time than I thought. I think just because I had a huge engine from doing a lot of these really long um, like hybrid style workouts. So, yeah, so I there's you. a little Amazing tip. 
Yeah. So I totally agree. I think, uh, I think it doing longer stuff can definitely help with the shorter stuff. It just gives you that really strong aerobic capacity, um, which you even need a, a lot of to, to do well, even in the strong, despite there being no running. So, yeah, well, that's a, that's a great, maybe that's our first takeaway of the day is to just lay that excellent foundation I mean, you even went to Europe. You're somebody that was really into the high rocks. You went to Europe for the high rocks. Is that, is that yeah. right? Yeah. So well, they took the top 15 best times um, over there for, they call it the European championships. Mm -hmm. um, and then next week in Chicago, they'll do the North American championships. So it'll be another top 15 best times. So, yeah. So it's cool. I, I ended up placing third. Um and that was my third high rock. So again, I'm extremely new to all of this, um, at least this style of racing. So right. I've done a lot of this type of training um, the last couple of years without really knowing that there were actual races or events like this. So I've just been like thrilled to kind of, you know, be a newcomer, but also have learned that there's all these different types of events that are are really um, combine all of these different things and not just running. Cause I, I've done the running for so many years now. I'm like, all right, let's try, it's time to try something new. So. Yeah. It's great to have that overall fitness as well, you know, to just challenge yeah. your body in different ways and prove that you're, you, you have this whole approach, you know, this whole package, you know, I think that's awesome. So does that mean that you'll be going to uh, these North American champions uh, championships yeah. next week? Yeah, okay. so we're like seven days out. Okay. So I'm hoping to place again, um, and we'll we'll see how it goes. It's it's a phenomenal lineup of women, and I love that that about this um, community, especially is I feel like there's so many inspiring people, so many inspiring stories, so many of the athletes. I mean, like Ryan Kent, he's mm -hmm. got a young child. Um, Lauren Weeks. She's got a young, a, a, she's six months postpartum. She just won the high rocks in Europe. Um, mm. And she was in the fit and the strong at Decker World Championships, like four months postpartum. Like wow. these people are just amazing. And it's been really cool um, getting to know them because I feel like we just kind of get each other because we're all very similar mindset people and but especially when you add the kids in there, it obviously makes things a little, a little more interesting. So I'm in awe of the other parents that can make it all work. Well, yeah, it's very inspiring. It's inspiring for our listeners out there because sometimes, you know, you're, you're thinking that, well, I got this baby weight now and I can't do what I used to do or whatever. And it's good to show people that you can, that you just have to dig deep. And, um, you mentioned something about mindset, you know, like, uh, you know, how has that played a role in your life, you know, as far as, uh, you know, what do you have to challenge yourself to do to, to keep your mind right? Like you're coming into this podcast today after just finishing a high rocks workout, you know, and you're squeezing it all in. You're a busy mom, yeah. you know, you got a job, you know, different things. So talk to us about that a little bit, if you would, you know. So for me, I think that I've, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've always been a a high performing athlete um and just sports have been such a huge part of my life and have taught me so many lessons over the years that for me like it's part it's such a big part of who I am that 
as crazy as it sounds, even if I wasn't doing these races, I would still likely be training as hard as I am. It's mm -hmm. just truly what fulfills me as a person. I think that that's such an important part of anyone's journey in anything. It's like you truly have to love what you're doing and you have to love the, the work. I love being competitive and I love the competition, but for me, the competition is more the test of all the work I've put in because I just truly love the journey. I love pushing myself. I love seeing what I'm capable of. Um, and I just, there's nothing that I really dislike that we do in this kind of hybrid space. So I think the biggest thing that I say to like people when they're like, well, how do you do that? It's like, well, I genuinely love it. So when you have a passion for something, it's so much easier to make it happen because it's just truly what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So if you find that you hate this hybrid stuff, that's fine. Go find something that you, you love and that you're really passionate about because it does make it that much easier to uh, even just prioritize the time you need to make it happen. So I think that's like the biggest thing. Um, but also just, it's really hard in life. I think we all, I'm human and I try to make sure I relay that like not every day is perfect. Um, actually really, truly most days do not go at all the way that I hope they will, or I'm squeezing things in here and there, but it's, again, it's like, I've just learned over the years that I have to prioritize myself and what makes me feel happy and fulfilled because then I am a better parent. Then I do better at work. I'm more, I'm happier in my general life and I'm obviously more pleasant to be around. So like all of that stuff makes me better at just in general as a person. Um, really good. Really good. Those are some great tips right there. You know, find what you're passionate about. I have a, a mentor in my life, Todd Durkin, he's been on the show a couple of times, but uh, he says, you know, what are those things that make your soul sing? Because what right. makes your soul sing is what you should try to find time to do, right? right. And what would you say to this? Um, maybe I'm somebody that um, DECA makes my soul sing, but I'm worried that I don't have as good of a time as someone else, or maybe I'm not as much of an athlete as someone else. You know, what do you think about people with those kind of perspectives? Oh, I don't think that matters at all. And I think that that's the beauty of this space is even at the world championships, like there are phenomenal age group winners and competitors. And I mean, I think that shows like you are capable of anything you set your mind to and everyone's journey and path. It does. It's not, you know, it doesn't take the same amount of time for everybody to develop. If you love something, just put everything you have into it. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's, that's like the biggest thing, but I don't think anyone should feel discouraged. These races are super hard. Yeah, so if yeah. you complete them, like you should be so proud of yourself. Um, but as far as like times and whatnot, it's just keep putting in the work. You know what I mean? Just consistent dedication to, to training is, is that's, that's where the magic happens is it's consistency. So I feel like anybody can, you know, no matter where you start, you can see a ton of progress, you know. Yeah. And, and That's so good. And, and I like what you just said there about you should just be so proud of yourself to complete it. Uh, there's a great quote um, and it's comparison is a thief of joy. 
yeah. don't spend your time comparing because it's going to steal your joy. Uh, I, I remember in the Rocky movie, you know, he was getting that, they're one of the original Rockies. It was Rocky one, right? He's getting that chance to fight for the world championship and, and he's been training hard and it's just crazy that he even got this opportunity, but he sits down and he says, maybe all I can do is go the distance. And, you know, like that was going to be his victory. That was yep. going to be his victory to go the distance, right? And, and yep. then we had Rocky 2, we had Rocky 200, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> um, so like you didn't even, you know, eventually win the championship. But, you know, maybe that is the message for people that be proud of yourself just to participate and complete it. You know, it's not about right. like whether or not your time is as good as someone else's. And, and this really is a you versus you type of sport. Exactly. Yeah. So good. So take us to those worlds. So you squeezed in, you drove six hours yeah. as a determined woman. She squeezes in a qualifying time. And now it's only her second, second DECA ever. And uh, take us to that, that day that you show up at the world championships and what it was like to go through that event. And uh, yeah, you know, if you would. So really cool event. And I got down there, um, Saturday morning and, and thankfully, you know, Atlantic city is drivable for us on the East coast. So I came down with my mom, my aunt, and my daughter. So this was my daughter's first time ever seeing me in a hybrid race. So that was already really, really special for me. And I kind of very much had the mindset that I needed or, or wanted to perform super well because she was there. Because I just feel like there's so much to learn for her as a young woman, um, watching her mom, you know, competing and doing all this stuff and in regard, like win or lose, there's so much to learn. Right. But, um, so I got there Saturday and I watched the deck of fit and that was the first time I'd seen it in person. And if I wasn't a little nervous, I would be lying. Cause I watched, I mean, it was a phenomenal race. Um, such amazing women. I mean, people that are really well known, Chris Roglowski, you know, all the, just all these huge names and OCR and all these other different, um, you know, areas. Um, but the deck of mile was the last race of the weekend. So I did know that I had an advantage because I was going to be fresh because that's the only thing I could get a qualifier in. Mm -hmm. Um, so that will be different next year because I'm hoping to be a, <laughs> you know, do all three, but you um, want to be a triple crown champ. Of course. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I'm one of those people that if I'm there, like, I'm just going to do it. Like I want to do it all. I'm already here. I might as well. But, um, so Sunday, you know, watch the deck of strong and it was really interesting. One thing I love about the strong actually just side note is such a wider variety of athletes. Mm -hmm. You've got these phenomenal runners, right? Um, but then you also have these really strong um, CrossFit athletes. And then obviously you kind of have those middle, middle people who love running, but also love strength training. So it's such a cool variety. Um, whereas in like the fit, I feel like obviously more of a runner's race, you know what I mean? Which with the distance, but so I watched the strong and I saw how some of that played out, you know, Tara Jackson took her second win of the weekend. So I knew of course she was gonna, she was in all three races. So she wanted that triple crown. And I think I was, I was pretty prepared because I knew how I knew she wanted that. So I was like, all right, she's going to give me 
you know, a heck of a fight. And I, and I knew she would. And then Alondra Greenlee came in second in both the mm-hmm. fit. She came in second in all three, the fit, the strong and the mile. Okay. So another woman who I knew, like she, she just came in second in these two events. She wants like, she's going to go for it. And I've raced her. I'd raced her in high rocks before, and I knew what she could bring to the table. So, um, but like I said, I knew I was going in fresh. I, I'm very confident in my running. I'm very confident leading races. Um, so I just went out. Um, I was leading way earlier than I thought. Um, I would, that wasn't really my original plan. It was just kind of go out with all the strong women in the front, stay in there, like keep contact and then maybe make a move like halfway through. But by station two, I was leading the race. Um, and at that point you just got to send it. So there's no holding back at that point, you know? So I was just trying to create as much of a gap as possible every station. Um, and I will say the assault bike kills me <laughs> we we got so, a big journey we call it the faces of the assault bike because like yeah. that is the one that gets so many yes, yes yeah yes. yancy yeah. said making death bike t-shirts and i will be the first purchaser of those because that's how i feel on it so yeah so let me ask you this you know i i like i, I want people to understand what you're meaning um because yeah. i think some people are just trying to survive uh, yep. you know, the DECA and you're, you went in there with the mindset that, you know, I'm going to go and then I might make a move. And, and this is good because, uh, you know, being the coach and the trainer that you've been and, uh, you know, the competitor that you've been, um, some people think that what they're supposed to do in every race is just start right off going all out. Right. But it, it sounds to me like you were going to almost, your plan was, well, if I temper myself, I might have something in the tank to make a move. Like, um, right. do when you're doing these competitive events, um, can you talk a little bit about that strategy that you as yeah. somebody that's conditioned has for an event like that? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that you can redline so early if you go too crazy. So you really have to play that kind of knowing yourself and knowing your own pacing a little bit. Because these races are not one and they're not one in station one, you know, they, they just aren't. So it's one of those things where if you're going for a time, you obviously need to go hard, but you need to kind of, you want to be treading that line very carefully, you know, of, of what's going to really put you over the edge and, and kind of staying right under it. And I know that maybe that's not even as descriptive as it, enough, but especially if there's going to be some running involved, you have to, you have to push the threshold, but you can't, you don't want to go over it. So you kind of have to find that, that really tough line for yourself. And if you do go over it, then you just have to be prepared to battle. Um, and it's not going to feel good. It's never going to feel good. We don't feel good. <laughs> right. these, elite, do not, these elite people, we don't feel good, you know, for, mo- for most of it, if not all of it. Um, but it's just being able to mentally you it's accepting that Mm -hmm. it's going in and accepting that this is going to be really uncomfortable, but guess what? It's only, it's over in 20 minutes. That's what I say to myself. I think that helps a ton. Okay. This sucks, but it's only, it's only 13 minutes of my day that I say that all the time. I've talked to my athletes about that over the years. 
your, your 5k, it might hurt like heck, but it's over in 20 minutes. And then you have the rest, the next 23 hours of your day to do whatever you want and feel great, you know? So that's exactly how this is too. It's like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's what separates, um, that's what separates people. It's the people who accept it, own it, know it's going to be hard and can push through it, you know? biggest, And it seems like a type of mastery, right? Like mastery comes from hours of training. And then you start to know this is my threshold. When I push beyond it, I might get a little further, but in the long run, I have an overall poorer time. And you learn by kind of studying yourself. And and so, you know, the message I got from there is, you know, put those hours in and and start to learn your body to where you understand if I'm keeping it at you know, 85% right now versus 90%, I actually have a better timing overall than when I come right out of the gate and do 100%. And then I have to drop down to 70% because I'm dogging it, right? You know, so yeah. um, that's a great lesson. And the lesson there too, it's so funny, this just happened uh, Wednesday of this week, I, I have this excellent guru guy uh, in my life, shout out to Ed Williams. But uh, uh, this man, um, in his 70s is an amazing yoga instructor and he was quoting a movie there's always a lesson but he said we talked about Lawrence of Arabia where in the movie the guy takes his two fingers and puts out a candle and the guy that watches him says doesn't that hurt and he says of course it hurts it's the not minding that it hurts that's important right. <laughs> right? like you know life hurts right you know there's of course going to be a little pain but in these events you have to condition your mind to accept that right like you said yep. and if i do push too far i have to accept that it's going to be a battle and i have to not you know so much mind i, I can't be defeated by the battle right right yeah. exactly good stuff so we have so many people at journey that are doing uh these deca events and you know my hope is that they'll be able to, you know, learn from you. Uh, we have you live at a, a seminar, which is great. And we have you on yep. this podcast today. So any uh, tips, strategies, uh, techniques, anything that you would share that you feel are important for the people that are trying to improve their deck of times to know? So for me, I, obviously, I if I do an event or even a simulation of an event, um, my biggest takeaway typically is what didn't go well. It's not always what went well. It's I really try to focus on what didn't go well because obviously then that means, okay, this is a weak area and this is what I really need to focus my time on. Um, Obviously you need to continue training everything, but if you can turn your weaknesses into your strengths, and a lot of people have a hard time doing that because when we're not good at something, it's easy to write it off and be like, oh, I just, I hate that. I'm just not good at that. And then, and then avoid it. Mm-hmm. If you don't allow yourself to avoid the things that you might not be bad at, um, are you there? Okay. My yeah. phone. Come up. <laughs> then I think that's truly where you will start really seeing uh, things turn around. Mm-hmm. So I hate being bad at anything. So for me, it's like, okay. I know I'm not the best on the assault bike. I know that. So I went out after world championships and I bought an assault bike for my house because now I'm not saying everybody needs to do that, but I know that I need to do it more. And I also know that accessibility to it is going to help make it easier for me to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I could walk down to my basement now and do (laughs) 
some assault by cal workouts and so it's turning those areas that you might consider your weaker areas into your your strong areas um and if you can do that then you're unstoppable you know truly um your weaknesses into strengths and you're unstoppable quote that megan jacoby that's (laughs) a good one right there i love that yeah you know uh martin rooney who we've had on this podcast before he said uh don't get frustrated, get fascinated, right? Like, you know, like if that thing that's frustrating you, can you get fascinated by it enough to, like for me, salt bike for sure would be one of them. I also feel like I do bad at the tank. Like I get to that tank and I'm like, man, this is taking too long to push this dang thing down and back and, you know, like trying to speed it up. But I'm sure it's one of my slower stations. And, uh, you know, maybe what I need to do to spend some hours pushing that tank up and down, you know, so that way it's not, you know, it's not my, yeah. weekend, right? you know, so. I think actually, I think that's, that's a huge key. I think in these races is knowing that assault bike can make or break people. Mm-hmm. And then you have the tank right after it. So that's, mm-hmm. that was an area of, of major focus for me going into these races was, okay, I know, I know I have to be smart about this assault bike because if I go over my threshold here, it might really, I might really pay for it in the last couple stations, you know? So, um, so that was just a good point that you brought up. Cause I think a lot of people feel the same way you do where after that assault bike just can really wreck your legs. And then you have to go push that push and pull that sled five times each way. And it's, you know, that's no joke. So, but yeah, it's, what is the hardest part of the race for you and focus on that like the most, but being able to put all the pieces together is also really important. Um, like I said, I did your journey fitness event in horse or your DECA event in horse heads. And I did well because I have a huge base of aerobic capacity. I think that is super key for people and it doesn't have to just be running. I think immediately people think, oh no, I I have to go run and I don't love running. You can do tons of aerobic work on the skier, on the rower, on the assault bike, mixing Mm -hmm. in some compromised stuff um, can help massively. And I think if you have a strong base in that, you're going to get through this stuff much easier, you know? Let me ask you about that. You know, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. One would be about technique with the assault bike, but the other, um, since you just spoke about running, let's say that I, um, there are some people that are participating in DECA and they are actually my favorite group because they're showing what's still possible at 60 or, you know, almost 70 years old. And I, and I love that uh, because that's who I want to be when I'm 60 and 70, you know, I want to be the Jack Delane that was doing push-ups one week and gone yep. the next, you know, right. Um, but, you know, running might not be their thing because, you know, maybe they're on the edge of a knee replacement or whatever, right. like, so to these people that are not going to do a deca fit or a deca mile, but enjoy participating in the strong and need a good cardio base, what would you recommend? Would you say, you know, you don't have to run and that you should do a mixture of the cardio stations, like what you're just, just describing? Like, how did they build their aerobic base? That's my question to you. Yeah. So I think the machines are such an awesome way because they are low impact. And I think um, even like, I would say even some of us, um, like the more elite athletes, even though we're all running a lot because we're running a lot, um, we do a ton of machine work because it's going to be easier on our joints and, you know, on the bones and everything. 
um, and we're already doing a, a lot of volume. So you can really, you know, if the rower feels the best or if the skier feels the best, you can do a lot and you can also change your style of workouts. You can do super hard, fast intervals one day. And then the next day do a really high volume, um, slower paced workout on it or whatever. And I think you see that, um, that's key for a lot of people. And I think that would be definitely my advice for, for people, especially if you have injury stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times the machines can take, can help that, but still, but still be getting in a lot of that cardio that you need, um, to, to have success in this. That's great advice, you know, because I do think a lot of people think that, oh, cardio, what do I have to do? I got to go run or whatever. And right. I, I can't run for this reason or that reason. And and then they feel left out. They feel like, okay, how am I going to do that? So great tips there. Um, now that you've been getting fascinated rather than frustrated by the assault bike, and we know for those that don't know, you have to burn 25 calories on that assault bike before you can leave it. Um, so have you found a, a technique, uh, you know, have you learned about engaging your upper body, uh, even the seat adjustment or anything that you'd share yeah. about making the assault bike go as fast as possible for people so they don't yeah. have to sit there, you know? Yeah. What do you think? I like, I like my seat back really far. Um, mm -hmm. and that gives my, I just feel like I get more power on my legs, um, doing that. And then I can like push and pull the, um, the handles more easily. Um, and honestly, for me, like, I know it's not my strength. So I really work extremely hard on the stations before that, because I know I need a little bit of a buffer. And then I try to just keep my RPMs like 65 to 70, even, even 70, maybe, you know, if I can go over 70 and then I'm having a really great day at that point in the race. Cause it's, you know, it's pretty far in, into the race, but um, and it's just keeping it smooth, keeping it consistent. Um, um, and it's just practicing it a lot, but yes, finding, definitely finding where, how to sit on it is super important. Same with the skier and the rower, knowing what damper setting you have the most wattage at where you have the most power, but you are also maybe exerting the least amount of energy, um, mm -hmm. is really important. So that's why practicing these things is, is so, you know, so good to do, obviously. Well, that's great. You know, the seat adjustment, um, how much do you feel is upper body and how much do you feel is lower body? Do you feel it's like a 50, 50 contribution when you're on that assault bike, or do you feel like you're really pushing with your legs and your arms are long for the ride or like, what, what would you say? I mean, how much? I, would love, I feel like it's so much more legs for me, but I would love to get it. I would love to make it a 50, 50 thing. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that should be my goal, but, um, I definitely feel it in, in my legs primarily. Um, yeah. And you, uh, are observing, this is another great tip for those that where we're talking about putting those hours in so that you know, your threshold, so you don't tack out and then drop down too low. Cause you're dogging it. Um, you're also, I think that's great. What I just picked up from you, you're observing your RPMs at the different stations so that you yeah. know what you feel like when you're at a certain RPM you know, when you're feeling good and performing at a certain number that's above normal, that you're maybe getting better at that station. So exactly. um, you're, not, you're encouraging people, don't just look at whether or not you're at 500 meters on the rower, or 500 meters on uh, the skier, but also to look at, you know, what are your, what's your RPM normally? And uh, to just kind of right. measure your pace each time and see how you're feeling at that pace. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I do have a a couple, two things for you. One, I would uh, like to know for the Overcomer Nation, what you think it takes to be an overcomer. I am curious about your uh, your definition of that. And I also want to give people a chance to follow you and get more of you. So um, I want to make sure that uh, if there's any ways for uh, people to engage with you after this show that they know about it. So um, what do you think for our Overcomer Nation? What's it take to be an overcomer? Um, I really feel like it's just life is hard. And if you can persist and persevere, even just in life things that happen, you're going to be an overcomer 100%. And I, I feel like, you know, my 20s were not an easy time in my life. Um, you know, I was married, divorced, single mom, um, trying to build a career at the same time. I was younger. Like, there, I've gone through a lot of obstacles. Um, and I feel like when you go, life shit you know, nothing in life is easy. When you go through hardship or when you go through trying times and you come out the other side, that's what being an overcomer is. Thanks for the inspiration uh, today for our audience on so many levels, uh, but especially on the mom level. Uh, I love the picture of you and your daughter at the event. You brought her up to the podium with you. She's there with you with the golden ram. I love how you shared today, how important that was for her to witness you at the event. Um, you know, we all have that opportunity to role model something for our kids. And, and what yeah. are we role modeling? You're, you're role modeling just the importance of a healthy lifestyle. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for that. I, I was feeling the, um, I, I don't know why, you know, I guess I'm a Rocky fan, but, you know, it's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And, and what you're yes. saying with the audience is that life is hard and we're all going to get hit with things, but it's, you know, coming out on the other side. Really good. So how can people engage with you, get more of you? It sounds like you're even doing some training and uh, stuff like that, that maybe, I don't know if you do any virtual or consults or, yes. you know. So. Yes, I do. I am doing one-on-one coaching online. Um, and then obviously if, if you're happen to be in the Binghamton area, um, I do some in-person training as well. Um, and you can follow me at MJAC0BY on Instagram. Um, so M Jacoby, um, but with a zero and, instead of an O. Yes, it's a zero. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, that's, uh, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I love talking about training. I love sharing my story. I love, you know, being as helpful as I can to people. I, I like, I love the community that I feel like this sport has created where people are just super supportive of one another. So feel free to reach out at any point. Okay, in the DM, right? Just uh, in the DMs, hit me in the DMs. It's going (laughs) down in the DM. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for being so generous with your time today and sharing with our listeners. And then uh, we look forward to having you live at uh, Journey Seminar. And uh, yeah, just good luck to you with your upcoming event. So thank you for being on the show today. Awesome. Great chatting. 
Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!